Hi everyone, this is Brandon Shea-Mutella, co-host of Warp 5. I just wanted to give you a heads up that we had a little bit of connectivity issues with our guest's audio, so her audio kind of cuts in and out a couple of times during the interview, but uh, it's still a great conversation, so I hope you'll stick around and listen, and uh, thank you very much for listening. This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5. I am your host for this episode, Brandon Shamutella, and we have got ourselves a full house. This is awesome. Brandy's here, and Patrick, and we have a special guest, but let's just say hello to the, the regulars first, because we haven't been together in since early December, I think it was the last time we were all together recording Warp 5. Brandy, how are you doing? How you how you doing today? I am so tired, and it's only Monday. But other than that, I am just peachy. Excellent. Right on. Yeah, you guys have been ramping up your Edge, live from the Edge coverage, because we're we're early in Season 2 right now. Uh, as of this recording, Episode 2 has just aired, and we're having a lot of fun. And then Patrick and I just saw each other yesterday, because we just recorded an episode of the Edge yesterday for, for New Eden, which was Episode 2. Patrick, how have you been in the last 28 hours since I've seen you? Well, I haven't slept in them. Yes, you have. No. No, I haven't. Not one minute. I could not sleep last night. I could not get any, I could not get your audio file to download. So at like one thirty, I came back down to my computer and I edited till five in the morning and went to work. I am so sorry. No, it's not your fault. My my internet was messed up. But hey, I got the edit out. I got to work today. I made it home and I'm here to make it to this this talk with you and Brandy. So and our special guest. So it's all good. I'm gonna crash right after this. I, I, that's good. You should definitely go to bed. And you know what's great about this? I'm going to edit this one. Yes, it's great. I'm done for the week. <laughs> I talk and then I'm done. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we better introduce our special guest here. We've got a brand new person to podcasting. And you know what's funny about social media is you like meet people online and you see tweets and whatnot going back and forth. And our special guest is Carrie. Carrie, I don't even know your last name. Purvis, P-U-R-V-I-S. Purvis, Carrie Purvis yes. from Maine. How are you doing, my friend? 
Oh, good. Pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Right on. So, Carrie, you and I have been tweeting back and forth over the last couple of months, and I initially followed you because I saw some tweets. You were beginning your first time watch of Star Trek Enterprise, and you actually just recently finished watching season one for the very first time, right? Yes. Yeah, excellent. Okay, now, before we get into that, I want to ask you a little bit about your Star Trek history. Tell us how you found Star Trek, and then maybe tell us why did it take so long to get to Enterprise, unless maybe you just recently found Star Trek altogether? Oh, no, it was not recently. Um, I've been watching Star Trek pretty much most of my life. I was born in late 79, and I started watching in the very early 80s with my mom. She loved the show, and I could not tell you what the first episode was that I watched of. It was TOS. Um, I just remember being in my parents' kitchen and up on the fridge. They had the old black and white set and and I don't know what the episode was, but that's just that's all I remember. Um, but then when Next Gen came out, that was 87. And I remember seeing the commercial announcing the new series. And I just freaked out, mm-hmm. ran to my mom and was saying, Mom, Mom, there's a new show. And um, that was really cool. And we, I remember watching Encounter at Farpoint with uh, my parents and my sister. And we all really liked it. And for the next seven years, my mom's sister and I would watch um, – Uh, next gen every sunday night and eat pizza and for me the next gen was really special um during those years that i was watching it i was in middle school and uh, i was bullied a lot and that was hard but um being able to come home and watch star trek and just kind of go to my house and not going on at school was really awesome so it meant a lot to me growing up um and i watched deep space nine and voyager up until my senior year of high school and uh, at that point i was getting ready for college um just planning different things in life and i just didn't make time to watch anymore and as far as enterprise goes um i was in college when that came out and i was still kind of in the college mindset just be with school and i never bothered to pick it up um and I came back to Star Trek. Um, uh, over the years, I did watch a lot of the films and really enjoyed those. But um, I didn't watch any of the series until Netflix picked it up here in the U.S. Um, what, maybe eight years ago? I can't remember. But um, mm-hmm. I, I recently started watching Enterprise because it's the only show. I've been watching Discovery, too, but um, it's the only one I haven't watched. So, uh that's why I decided to pick it up. And that's why it took so long. I just, uh, was when it came out, I watching any Star Trek. What did you know about Enterprise going into it? I knew it had Scott Bakula and uh, that was thought that was quite cool because I loved Quantum Leap and I knew it was a prequel and I knew people didn't like the theme song about <laughs> it. <laughs> Who's your favorite character so far? Hoshi. Excellent. <laughs> you don't have enough Hoshi love. In the Star Trek Enterprise world. Oh, she's awesome. Um, I love her because of her love of languages. I actually have a bachelor's degree in Spanish. and I love learning languages. So I think Hoshi's amazing. So Hoshi's your favorite character. And um, yes. so you've just finished your first season. And I, I guess some of the questions that I have is, is as a first-time watcher coming to you, uh, coming to this series for the first time, how do you feel it compares to some of the other Star Trek series? Because when Enterprise initially aired, there was a lot of animosity towards the show. And over time, people seem to appreciate it more as they've discovered it on streaming services. So coming to it as a first time, what are your initial impressions of the first season? 
My, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think if I had watched it when it originally aired, I'm not sure I would have liked it. Um, I'm not sure maybe if it was just because like I had been watching so much Star Trek separation. Um, but watching it now later um, on its own has been really great. And I, I think it, it, that's a really good question. Um, I, I've enjoyed it very much actually seeing the beginnings of the Federation and the relationship with the Vulcans and just where it all started. And um, it's been interesting watching that actually, uh, as I've been watching discovery as well. So mm. um, I, I found uh, that to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it holds up pretty well. And I, a lot of the negative uh, comments I've heard over the years, I'm finding aren't, they're not all uh, warranted. I don't think. Do you have any episodes that really surprised you? Uh, the Andorian incident surprised me a little bit um, with what happened at the end with the uh, surveillance that we had. The Vulcans weren't uh, spying on the Andorians. That was uh, that was kind of a surprise twist because we're we're so used to seeing the Vulcans as this honorable race, people who uh, don't lie, and then um, for them to have that equipment hiding that was a, kind of a shock. Okay, so it's interesting you say it that way because we've actually talked at length about how that's not necessarily true about Vulcans, but mm-hmm. um, on this show. But so, what is your interpretation of of the Vulcans in this show, and do you like them, or or do you maybe not like them, but do you like the way they're being written in in season one? I do like it actually, and I feel like it's uh, giving me a lot more of an understanding of of what they're like, and you know, like you were saying. Um, it's changed my perception about them. I, I used to see them as kind of like this black and white, right or wrong, um, don't lie, like that kind of, uh, that's how I saw them. And I'm learning now it's a little more complicated. Um, you know, they're, they're like humans in a lot of ways, you know, there's more more to them than just the logic. Um, I, I like the way the show is portraying them. Because Vulcans are so different on Enterprise than they are anywhere else. But in Discovery, they kind of... They they kind of went with how the Vulcans were portrayed in Enterprise. You know, I don't want to spoil too much with how Enterprise goes because there are some interesting things that happen. But, you know, in the episode Lethe of Discovery, for instance, you know, we see this very interesting um, portrayal of the Vulcans in that they're not very, they're not nice to Sarek, they're not nice to Burnham, and they, they limit... Uh, they limit uh, Sarek's choice for who he sends to the Academy. And that's very similar to what we've seen in the first season of Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. As far as the first season goes, like you watched it pretty quickly, right? I did, yes. Mm-hmm. You you borrowed a, you, uh, I saw you online, you borrowed a copy from the library to watch it, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm a librarian, so I got a lot of my material uh, through the library and through interlibrary loan. So I had to watch it quickly because I had to return it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what episode do you think stood out the most to you as as a personal favorite episode? As a personal favorite episode, um, so this is really a guilty pleasure one. Um, but I, I loved tweeting about uh, Vox Sola. That was just that episode cracked me up. Um, the, the symbiotic alien that looked like it was made out of melted glue and saran wrap. That was that was funny. Um, and and the whole thing with, with the movie, people wanting to watch the movie. What was that called? Was it Wages of War? I think Wages um, of Fear. Wages of Fear. That's it. Just everyone's obsession with that, and it just killed me when um, uh, 
um, Mayweather was trying to convince Reed to go to the movie and he was saying, no, no, you'll like it. Things blow up. So that that's a guilty pleasure one I really liked. <laughs> you know, it just now occurred to me that the the alien in Voxola actually reminds me of the secretions of the aliens in Alien. Especially oh. when hmm. uh, in Alien 2, when you see, uh, or Aliens, excuse me, in Aliens, <laughs> the sequel, <laughs> when you see Newt has been captured and she's basically, you know, in all of this hard resin and can't escape and Ripley literally has to break it apart to get her out. That's what it reminds me of. I was trying to think of something and then when you were saying that, I'm just like, wait, I know what that reminds me of. Uh, totally random thought. Sorry. <laughs> so earlier you said that you knew uh, Scott Bakula was on the show and you liked that because you were um, a fan of Quantum Leap. That's actually one of the reasons why I like this show so much. How do you feel um, his acting has been thus far in this compared to Quantum Leap? Well, I think Archer and Sam are two very different characters, but I think I'm off both of them off very well. Um, he, I like his uh, portrayal of Archer and his kind of stubborn explorer streak. He doesn't want to uh, take no for an answer from the Vulcans. He really wants to help there and explore. And um, I love that about his portrayal. And yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it's definitely a part of what he's done before. And, yeah. Cause that's one of the things I like so much too, because like you said, it is a, a very uh, stark contrast to his, his quantum leap character where he was, every episode started with him completely unsure of who he even was, and now we have someone who's very sure of who he is throughout the whole first season. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what did you think about Detained, then, which is the episode that had the guy that played Al, Dean Stockwell? Oh, my gosh. I was so excited about that. It was like a Quantum Leap reunion. That was so cool. That, that was actually my favorite Archer moment of uh, the entire first season. Loved seeing them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. And when he's Punching things into like a computer pad, it, it so looks like Al. Mm-hmm. Ziggy. Just needed a cigar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they did that purposely. You know they did. Of, of course, course they, they did. did. <laughs> so as far as Hoshi goes, did you have a favorite Hoshi moment, a favorite character moment for Hoshi from season one? I liked any moments where she got to use her language skills and learn a language quickly and there were a lot of those. Um, when uh, Dear Doctor, when she was talking to the, the, the Mank, I think uh, they were called, and mm-hmm. she was saying thank you to them, Teak Teak, I think she said it um, like that. And then um, in Strange New World, when she and T'Pol were speaking in Vulcan, so uh, the other people who were hallucinating um, wouldn't know what they were planning to do. That I really liked that one a lot. That was really cool. So yeah, any anything where Hoshi speaks another language and learns it quickly, I love that. What did you think about the Ferengi in season <sighs> one? Okay, so I, I have a lot to say about that, actually. Um, <laughs> Go, girl! <laughs> all right, so, so um, you know, they were the Ferengi. It was, you know, what I how I'd seen them portrayed, I think, in other, um, in other episodes and shows. Um, I... So as a librarian, one thing that really fascinates me is how we preserve records um, for the future. And in Enterprise, they, humanity meets the Ferengi for the first time. Um, 
then flash forward to the 24th century and they have no idea who they are. So my big question is what happened to all the logs and the records? Like, why do they not know in the 24th century? And, and I don't know if um, that's a question that will ever be answered. I'm guessing it won't, but, um, but I, I'm having images of like uh, someone torpedoing an archive in the 22nd century or something. And that's why the records didn't get saved. But um, yeah, that, that was one of the first things that really came to my mind. Um, but as far as, uh, was that the one where Tripp was running around in his underwear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was an interesting episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think they get around it because they never actually mentioned the name the Ferengi in that episode. I think they were mentioned oh, in right. Dear Doctor. Yeah. Right. So, but there still would be video logs as to what the aliens look like. I'm assuming there's security cameras on the ship, but, uh, you, you know, they did mention the, the Ferengi and Dear Doctor as having dealt with the mink at one point. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Funny. I always just thought that it was them making a pact and solemnly swearing that they were going to destroy every record of this because it was so embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> It's like, really? These guys? These guys took over our ship? Really? <laughs> that makes sense. Well, they did take over the Enterprise D, right? In uh, with a Kling- When they had a Klingon ship in uh, Rascals? They did do that, too. So apparently we couldn't learn from history due to Enterprise destroying all their records. If they had only, you know, been able to bring themselves low and admit that they screwed up. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yes. Now, what how ha- like I, I haven't gotten to uh, later seasons, obviously, but thanks to uh, some of the trailers on the Blu-ray, I know that they meet the Borg again, um, and that really like what happened. Well, no spoilers, please. But I wonder, um, like, why did they not know about that in the twenty-fourth century? Either was um, was that another case of uh, records being destroyed, maybe, or maybe we people can't were- tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> we ah. cannot tell you without <laughs> spoiling things. Okay. The so, only but there is, a, there is a reason, though. There yes, is a reason. There is a reason. Okay, the good. only thing I can tell you that is not a spoiler is that mm-hmm. Bonita Fredrici is a playing a science researcher on that episode, and she is married to John Billingsley. Oh, cool. Yeah. That is right. the only thing I can tell you that's not well, spoilery. I'm glad to hear there's a reason. That's good. <laughs> And the Borger in it. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, but we can't say any more than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm excited for that. Is that season two or three? It, it is season two, yeah. Yep. Yay. <laughs> season two has my favorite, well, second favorite. I don't know. It's tough to say, but one of my two favorite episodes. And it's called, um, it's called, um, uh, oh, geez, what's it called now? It's the uh, Time One. The... <laughs> That's how much Future he loves tense? it. Future Tense. Future Tense. <laughs> I don't, I actually, I, I do the stuff like that all the time. Don't worry. It's hard to say. Future Tense is one of my favorite episodes of the series. It's so. hard to say, he says. Future Tense oh. is so hard. Hey. Is there a past project. tense episode in one of the other series? Deep Space Nine, yeah. Yes, okay. My first episode of Warp 5, I guessed it, and we did a commentary for Future Tense, and uh, they got me on, and it was my choice. They're like, what do you want to talk about? I said, let's do a commentary for Future Tense. And uh, and then when, as soon as I got on, I'm like, oh, this is great, but I don't understand why you wanted me to watch these Deep Space Nine episodes. <laughs> oh, dear. So, man, the king of the dad joke. 
Oh, I yeah. love my dad jokes. They're great. Dad jokes are the best. I make dad jokes in honor of my dad. Cause... I didn't say they were bad. I just said he's the king of them. Yep. <laughs> Long live the king. So, um, all right, let's bring it back to season one, though. Uh, yes. What did you think of the episode Unexpected? That's the one where the ship is in the wake and Trip becomes pregnant. Oh, that was so weird. <laughs> Thank you. It was weird. I just thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, that's when the, he found out he had a nipple on his arm, and that, that was just strange. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it was that the, he kept saying, like, I'm a gentleman. I was a gentleman. Like, that uh, That was a uh, weird episode. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, because he yeah. really didn't know he did a thing to get pregnant. Like, Right. Yeah, yeah he just stuck his hand in some, uh, what, what, what was it, like, Magic sand. Magic yeah. sand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, so it, it kind of happened against his will in ways. Like, he said yes, but he didn't really know that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he thought he was just, you know, activating a, a holodeck before knowing what a holodeck was. Turns out not right. so much. <laughs> but it's an example of the holodeck being used for what it probably would be used for, really, on a yeah, starship, let's, guys. Let's not lie. Uh, I think lie. so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. So I kind of want to. I want to ask you a question here. So, like, Carrie, uh, what your Twitter handle? Tell everybody what your Twitter hand, handle is. Uh, it's Care Bear Lib. It's K E R R B E A R L I B. Excellent. And I knew I, ha- I asked that for a reason because mm-hmm. I'd like you to give us your top five episodes. Go from five to one. And we're going to call this the Care Bear Countdown. Oh, my gosh. I love this. <laughs> oh, yay. This is great. <laughs> okay. Well, I've already mentioned a few of them. Um, number five is Voxola, just because it was so fun to tweet about. Um, yeah, I will. don't think I'll ever forget that weird, goopy, gluey alien thing. Yeah, uh, I think we were messaging on that one. You're like, oh, I don't want gross stuff. And I'm like, you're fine. It's not that bad. Yeah, I think, you know, I think what happened was I um, had seen Stranger Things not too long ago. Um, have any of you seen that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like when, when I'm going off track here, but um, when Barb was like in the upside down and covered in that gross stuff, it, I, I looked at that, um, this got alien, and I had this thought in my mind, like, oh, no, uh, what's going to happen here? So, um, but I was glad it wasn't gross. Um, <laughs> it was just silly. And uh, I also liked the Andorian incident a lot, um, seeing Jeffrey Combs and, and um, the whole story with the surveillance equipment and just the introduction of the Andorians was cool. I I haven't seen TOS in a long time, so um, it was a reintroduction for me to the Andorians. So that was kind of cool. Um, and Dear Doctor, I loved that. I love Prime Directive episodes, and it was kind of see what Prime Directive looked like um, pre-TOS, or what, what it was, uh, not what it looked like, but the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. That was neat. Um, and Dr. Flox was really cool in that, um, seeing his uh, – him wrestle with the ethical question of uh, whether or not to give uh, the one set of uh, aliens the, um, the cure for their illness. Yeah, that's a really powerful episode, and I think it's very, very Star Trek-y, that one. It's it's definitely on my list of favorites from season one. Yeah, it's really great. Um, next one is Shuttle Pod 1, and the banter between Reed and Tucker was so funny, um, and it kind of reminded me of the relationships you see in other shows, like between Odo and Quark, or um, 
between Spock and Bones. And I don't, I didn't get the feeling that that's how they are all the time. But with the two of them in this combined little space, freezing, it was just um, and my favorite part of the whole thing was when they were arguing about um, what good literature is. And uh, Malcolm was saying that, talking about like Ulysses and the British classics and uh, making fun of Trip for liking uh, comic books and, um, and uh, sci-fi novels. And Trip was saying something like, oh, I'll tell you that comic books have subtext on subtext, super and it's great. And um, I'm, I'm right there with that. I, um, working in a library, I have uh, discussions like that with parents a lot, actually, who have kids who don't want to read and um, I kind of, or, but they want to read comic books instead of regular books. And I'll have the same discussion. Hey, you know, Superman has subtext upon subtext. So right with trip on that one. And um, my last one is Shockwave Part 1. And Ooh. I really, yeah, I, you know, for me, it was up there with the best of both worlds, um, mm -hmm. just right from the get-go when the whole, uh, the population on the planet is just uh, wiped out and um, Archer just doesn't get it. And Hoshi's trying to tell him, like, you don't understand. They're all dead. They're all gone. Um, and then just fast forward to the end when um, Archer is sent to the 31st century and he can't get back. Uh, I, I had goosebumps like I did watching the best of both worlds when I was 10. So, uh, yeah, that that was exciting. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, part two of that is going to hold up. So we'll see what's that. Uh, it's terrible. Library. It is. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm just kidding. It's, it's good. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh well, I'll, I'll I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Now, so have you have you ordered it from your library? Are you, are you eagerly anticipating season two, or are you going to wait a bit? I, I'm eagerly anticipating. Um, there's just been a delay because I asked for it in uh, blue wave blue wave format. Um, and they weren't able to get it, so I have to be DVD. Okay, okay, that's okay. I can wait. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely looks really good on Blu-ray. Season four, if you can get it on Blu-ray, looks really, really, really good. It, it like okay. each season on Blu-ray looks a little bit better than the previous seasons. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, you're in for a fun treat. I mean, you know, this we talk about it quite a bit. You know, I mean, we do a podcast on it. We talk about it every well, not every week anymore. We're we're kind of on a in interesting schedule right now but we talk about it a lot and you know last year we did an episode every week and and there's still a lot of ripe discussion to have a lot of interesting places to go and it's always fun when we get to meet somebody who's discovering it for the first time because you know this is something that i watched when it aired live and you know so it's it's interesting to get some perspectives from somebody who's seeing it for the first time right now and especially somebody who's had star trek in their life for basically their whole lives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's this untapped chapter. So you've really got two shows right now that are new because you've got Discovery and you've got Enterprise. And, you know, so it's it's a very fun time for you, I think. And there's some really great episodes of Enterprise ahead of you. And um, there's some real stinkers. But, you know, I think all Star Trek has that. So. It's true. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um... From what you've seen so far, are there any storylines that you're looking forward to seeing? Or uh, other than the Borg episode, is there anything else you've heard of that's coming that you are like, oh, this one sounds really intriguing? Uh, the Temporal Cold War. I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, definitely with that one. And uh, off the top of my head, um, my husband is a big fan of the WWE. And I know the big Joe has a little cameo in that upcoming episode. So um, I think he tried to 
fall or something. So I'm excited to see that whenever that comes up. Um, um, that's not till season four, honey. You've got a ways oh, to go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's deep. Oh, well. Deep. But Star Trek has a history of using WWE uh, superstars. Yeah, The so Rock. The Rock, yeah. the mm-hmm. Rock was in there and now uh, Big Show. He, uh, Yeah, he has a, a, a role that absolutely fits who he is so yes mm-hmm. it's fantastic i'm also a big wrestling fan um, not so much the wwe anymore but uh, did you watch so. the rumble last night uh, yeah w- when we're done with this we'll talk about that <laughs> okay yes <laughs> yes because i can make this again. a four-hour yes. podcast on that all right <laughs> and tangents are fine we always go off on tangents but do not let patrick talk about wrestling during the podcast oh okay <laughs> duly noted <laughs> Yes. Should we talk about water polo instead? <laughs> yes. oh, we, we had we actually we had a Canadian player on. We did a Canadian nice. water polo player. We learned so much stuff. Yeah, that's really that cool. none of us could play it for one. Oh no, I would die. <laughs> I would die because you just have to be constantly swimming in the water, constantly moving. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I would get motion sick. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's possible. I I would just drown. I'd be like, nope, nope, got a cramp. I'm going down. Bye. I I, I just get out. Forget this. You're playing a man down. <laughs> I'll be back in the second half. <laughs> what, what did uh, Trip say about it? Like, I love his accent. He said, like, and I thought it was just a bunch of guys fooling around in a pool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there is stuff that happens under the water because they try. Oh, yeah, we found that out. Yeah, they try to do stuff that the referees can't see. So, they oh, and, and we. It was kind of intimated that the women are worse than the men when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. Because there's more bathing suit to grab a hold of. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a really good interview. So her name was Joelle Bacazzi, and she was a, the Canadian National Women's uh, Water Polo League captain. And uh, we just we, we reached out to them, and we're like, hey, we would love to learn about your sport. And so they, they put us in touch with, uh, with one of their players, and we had a great little interview, and we learned a lot about the sport. So, yeah, it's back, and it's in her back feed because, you know, we knew that Archer liked it, and we didn't know anything about it. So I am so listening to that after this. <laughs> it was really good. It was a really good discussion, a lot of fun. Yeah, Sounds she was so a great, uh, she was a great guest. And, Very uh, cool. She, she was funny, when, especially explaining the, well, I, and I, I think one of us, I don't remember who, but one of us was like, well, is, is it all illegal? And she goes, nothing's illegal if you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true champion. Love it. Excellent. So, Carrie, is there any other aspects of the season that we haven't asked you about that you want to talk about? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, uh, Porthos. We have to talk about Porthos. I love Porthos. Um, And he's actually my favorite Star Trek pet of all now. And um, my cat won't like that, me saying that. I'm actually a cat person, but um, I think Porthos is so cute. And I I love seeing him in the episodes. Um, And he shouldn't eat so much cheese. So you really you prefer Porthos over Phlox's Pytherian bat? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Phlox. Just by a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little. Yeah. To be fair, I'm also a cat person, and I adore Porthos. Mm-hmm. I love Porthos, but I'm a dog person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shut up. We did an entire <laughs> episode about Porthos because Porthos. Because Porthos. Yeah, but that was that was and that was Brandy the cat person's idea because she was. loves that little doggy. I do. He brings me joy. Mm-hmm. So tell us about maybe la- wrapping up then a couple more of your favorite character moments, like maybe maybe something from each of them, something from Flocks and something from uh, uh, Mayweather uh, and T'Pol. I don't think you've mentioned them yet. 
Yeah, Mayweather. I, I loved Mayweather, actually. I really wish they'd used him more. I, I feel like they really didn't do it there for um, his development. And I, I've heard that that's kind of the case in the whole series. So, um, yeah. But I loved it when um, he was telling the, the ghost story around the campfire in uh, Strange New World. That was great. And um, the one where he, he met the other boomer, where they were... Um, they Yes, with the Folians, right? Uh, yeah, I liked that one. Um, that was a good one, too, just seeing him talk to someone else who had experienced a similar childhood, and that was neat. Uh, Trip With Trip, it was just talking about the comic books, but also uh, he just had so many good one-liners uh, that I thought were really funny, and of course, I'm not thinking of any of them now. Um, Reed, I liked with Reed when they were trying to figure out what he liked to eat and um, Rochi was just running all around trying to figure it out and thought she was hitting on him and that was awkward. Um, and the beginning of that episode was um, was cool when they talked to his parents um, because uh, I used to, I'm going off on another tangent here, but I used to love this uh, uh, British comedy show called Hello, Hello. And, uh, I love Hello, Hello. Yeah, Lieutenant Gruber was his dad. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah, it was so oh. cool to see him. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, it didn't occur to me the few times that I've watched that, and now I'm just I feel like I'm gonna go back and watch that again now. Yeah, you have to. It's Lieutenant Gruber. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silent Paul, Enemy yeah. is such a great episode. Like both, the a, I've said it before in the podcast. Both the A plot and the B plot are outstanding. They just feel so weird together. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. the one with the the aliens that don't talk to them, and then they're looking for pineapple. Well, yeah, they they really didn't weave that together very well. Yeah. But it was entertaining. It was a good episode. Yeah, they were just um, about as far apart as they could be, as far as content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to Paul, there was so much to like about to Paul. Um, at, at the beginning, I found her. Um, a bit abrasive um but i think you know that's how they kind of portrayed her at the beginning but um, i really like her actually and just trying to think i i liked um in the shadows of pajam when she and archer um they'd been in a material relationship at some point it seemed like the time they came together at the end um of that like really solidly came together and uh, seeing that was cool um and yeah, Archer, um, he's a very interesting character. Um, I'm still trying to make up my mind about what I think of him, but um, he's got a lot of good uh, fighting spirit. And anything, anytime I see him with the dog is cool. Um, and then uh, the episode where they were playing, they went to that planet and they were playing that game that looked, uh, was it rugby or lacrosse? I can't remember. I don't remember Desert the name crossing. of it. Crossing. I know. Yes, it was the that one. Desert crossing. Gascana. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that I, I liked seeing him. It, watching the two of them play that's they look it looked like a scene out of uh, Top Gun when they were playing the volleyball. Yes, <laughs> it did, didn't yeah. it? Yes, it did. <laughs> like oh, a bunch of sweaty men mm-hmm. hurting each other. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was it. Exactly. Yeah. I think those were all my favorites. Um but yeah, Hoshi, she's my favorite of all of them. She's great. I think we need more more Hoshi. <laughs> Awesome. Right on. I love that. That's great. Uh, Patrick, did you have any more questions for Kerry? No, I think I think we pretty much covered everything uh, mm-hmm. I can think of. Brandy, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Well, the only thing I can think of is what are you hoping to see more of or less of or at all in season two? 
Uh, I'd love to see more of Hoshi and Mayweather and Porthos. Um, and I'm really excited to see where the temporal Cold War storyline goes. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, and I'm, I know, I know that Trip and T'Pol wind up together at some point. So um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the two of them together, but I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes too. Um, and as far as less of anything, um, nothing's coming to mind. I, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how the story develops. Less, Actually, less wrist nipple. Oh Actually, yes, yes. I do absolutely. have a question. I, I, um, so I watched this like Brandon when it first happened, and I'm in New York. So uh, this show came out in 2001, and so obviously things happened in New York at that time. Are you able to see the social themes that they're weaving in from that time? Watching it so much later. No, I wasn't thinking about it, but I. I have to go back and watch now because I, I, I could. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that before uh, we started the podcast. I was air dates and thinking about, oh, that was, that was right around then. Um, and yeah, there was probably a lot, um, a lot that I missed that I wasn't thinking about. But you know, I'm, so far in the future, but yeah, it comes up later more than it does in season one. But um, I feel it does come up a little bit in season one. You know, I, I just asked because. As a New Yorker, that's one of the things that drew me to the show, but I felt that it drew people away from the show mm-hmm. at the time because maybe it was too fresh. Uh, so I just want to know if you were thinking about that when you were watching it. Because that might be why some people, it grows on them as time goes by. The the sting isn't as bad. Right. And, uh, yeah, so. and that that might have been part of why I didn't start watching it too. Um, I was going to – I went to Gettysburg College, and um, that's like an hour outside D.C., so um, – it hit us all pretty hard down there too. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. basically, I mean, I was in Queens. I, I saw the towers. Oh, wow. From where I was standing. So, um, it's just funny cause some people have the reaction you had like, Oh, it hit us really hard and that was too much. And then like, I found comfort in the show mm-hmm. through the, through the experience, which, which is a very Star Trek thing. A lot of people, like even you said earlier on that you watched the show and your, you know, social life at time in school wasn't so great. And, a lot of people have that same kind of story with Star Trek. I a lot, a lot of people. In yeah. junior high school, in, in high school it wasn't too bad. I was on a bunch of sports teams. Like junior high school and before that, I was a big kid, but I was a teddy bear, so I was picked on a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's when I watched most of my Star Trek as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people I've talked to have uh, had a hard time uh, being bullied or just a hard time in school growing up. And that's a lot of the reason they watch Star Trek. So common theme I see um, among fans. Well, Carrie, thank you so very much for joining us tonight. It's been a thank thrill you. speaking with you. Thank you it's so been much. Great, um, you know, getting a perspective of a new Enterprise fan, and we look forward to hearing more from you on uh, on season two. But why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter uh, if they want to follow along uh, for your season two watch, which will be coming up soon? Yeah, you can find me at Care Bear Lib. It's K E R R B E A R. L-I-B. And if you're on Facebook, I also moderate a group called Trek Librarians. And you don't have to be a librarian. You, If you're a supporter of libraries, you can come join us. That's fine, too. So love to see some of you there, too. Right on. Well, new Enterprise fans is not the only thing we've been discussing here on the network this week. So please take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Meta Treks. Wow, I had no idea that was possible. It's this ongoing link 
that exists between Michael Burnham and Sarek because of this mind meld that he had with her when she was a child. Mike, I'm going to give you a Radio Shack joke because I know you and I both have Radio Shack experience. If this yes. were the ni- if this episode happened in the 1990s, they would have had prepaid long distance mind meld cards. To the journey. But I do have a question. Why was Neelix focusing on classic American cuisine as a marketable job skill in going back to the Alpha Quadrant? Why classic American cuisine? Why not Chinese, Japanese, or Vulcan? Come on. I think that the culinary tastes will continue to degrade for the next three or four centuries. And by the 24th century, it'll only be classic American that's left. You know, all other cuisine will have gone by the wayside. So pot roast, pot pie, apple pie. Yeah, every restaurant is Taco Bell, essentially. Yeah, it's the, it's the demolition man problem. That's disgusting. Literary treks. I think we could not do this novel without inviting a special guest, Amy Nelson. Amy, how are you doing? Hi, I am so excited. Imzadi, Riker, Troy, it is the best. I am so grateful, honored, pleased that you even thought of me for coming on Literary Trek. So thank (laughs) you so, so much. Yeah, we're like, do you think there's anybody on the network that would like to talk about Deanna Troy? Hmm. hmm. I think I have Ooh. corner on the market on that one. Standard orbit. Vulcans are not incapable of showing emotion, but apparently they are incapable of lying. Well, that's, that's their reputation. I mean, who told you? Vulcans tell you that. Of course they would. I mean, that's their <laughs> reputation, you know. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Boomers, you know we want to hear your thoughts on today's show, and you know there are so many ways for you to do that. The best place, as always, is to join our Facebook group, The Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Oy vey. <laughs> Just type Babel into the search field, B-A-B-E-L, and it'll come right up. It's probably going to be the first thing that comes up. And you can jump into the pool there. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. It comes right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. Brandy. Brandon. Where can people find you when you're not breaking things off of alien bodies. <laughs> but I love doing that so much. It takes up a lot of my time. <laughs> you can... Oh, sorry. I'm distracted now thinking about things I need to break off. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy with an I. 12 is a number. Uh, you can find me here on the network also doing Live from the Edge about each new episode of Star Trek Discovery. That is Friday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific with my good friend Bruce Gibson and a special guest. And so you'll have to just tune in to find out who the special guest is. I'm not squealing beforehand. 
And you can also find me on the Dark Corner podcast with my fab husband, Dave, talking about stuff and things from a darker point of view. And we just recently did an episode about Chinese New Year that should be coming about out about the same time. Actually, no, it's already out. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. So, yeah, there's swears. So just uh, just be aware of that. So, Patrick. Yes, Brandon. Where can people find you when you're not playing with your wrist nipple? <laughs> I was going to so talk about you getting pregnant on a hollow deck. Um, <laughs> so when I'm not doing that, I mean, I can do that and be in other places. It's, it's not a, a, you know, one or the other type deal. So, uh, <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter at Magic Drop 5. It's one, there's no spaces. The five is a number, not words, not letters. And you can also find me on the Babel Conference every now and then, popping my head up. I do read a lot. I don't comment a lot. And uh, you can find me, now that the now that Discovery is back, you can find me every week coming to you with my uh, good friend Amy on The Edge main and show. And on Twitter, you can also find um, Patrick blasting off with his nose rockets. <laughs> yes. I, that's, that, that's a spoiler alert. That's supposed to be a surprise for the lovely fans. I can't unsee it. Just... So what? That's been up for months. I know, but I tweeted that like know, a while I... ago. So Patrick's <laughs> face, Patrick's image on his fa- on his Twitter page is him with his um, vape machine. I'm blowing a massive out vape of his cloud. nose, and I'm like, it looks like you're taking off for orbit with like your nose boosters or something like that. <laughs> So, Brandon, when you're not making me a miserable human being, where can people find uh, you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Matilla, uh, where I don't have nose rockets. And you can find me here on the network with uh, Melodic Tracks, which is all about the music of Star Trek. And you can find me on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom. Once a month, we talk Hitchcock with uh, Good Evening and Alfred Hitchcock Podcast. And on, I don't know when we're releasing this episode, it's going to be January 1st or January 8th, but or sorry, February 1st or February 8th. But on February 1st, uh, we had John Champion guest on our Alfred Hitchcock podcast to talk Secret Agents. So if you like John Champion, you should check that out. It was a really, really good discussion on a, on a pretty good Hitchcock film. Um, Breaking the Waves is intermittent over on Cinematic Sound Radio Network. And... Over on the United Federation of Podcast Network, uh, my friend Zach Moore and I have a podcast called Franchise Fatigue, where we go over all of the films in a movie franchise. And that's all I got for you. Uh, I guess I should probably talk about Patreon now. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, including trips to the moon via Patrick's nose. Boogers. Boo- not boogers. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I wasn't gross. Vape. It's not vape. Boogers. It's not snot flying out of it's my not face. Snot. It's not boogers, people. I'm sorry. That... <laughs> and this is why you can't trust Brandon. Um... Please, I'm hurting. Please. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month, as well as sending Patrick to the moon. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find... Hey, I'm the first Trek FM host to go to the moon. (laughs) All right? That means something. I've gotten closer to Star Trek than all of you. Please, I can't You're more of a fan. (laughs) 
Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, we'd like to thank our wonderful associate producers, uh, none of whom play with their wrist nipples, Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. Well, Chris Trebuzio goes to the moon, I was also going to say Chris probably plays with his wrist nipples, too, but... He uh, no, but he no, he vapes, so he goes to the moon too. Excellent, right on. Well, until next time, if Brandy makes it, keep calm and boom on. I'm gonna need resuscitation. Poor Brandy might die. <laughs> Get her a drink of water. Uh.